Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. One colon fantasy football podcast, part of Fake Teams Podcast Network. I am your humble host, the conductor of the Dem Bunches hype train, worshiper of Nikhil Harry, even though he has turf toe, Pete Rogers, and I'm joined by all of the guys. We got DK Metcalf's number one admirer, doubter of Juju Smith Schuster, and proponent for a Jon Snow hair product line, the resident old man Clark Barnes. Sabbath Proud father of Quentin Nelson, WNBA hot take machine, and wine connoisseur, the working girl Jordan Smith, and the biggest 49ers fan you know somehow managed to eat two weeks to see Game of Thrones without spoiling it. The only man who hates Larry Fitzgerald, the ginger woodsman, Nick Bodiford. Guys, how are we doing? Doing great, Pete. Solid. Solid. Good, man. Yeah, we're back. We're back to two weeks now that the season is uh, is coming up and on its way. We are back to you know bringing the our beautiful voices to you on Tuesdays and Thursdays. So get excited for that, everyone! I'm already excited. Clark is Clark is just oozing excitement right now. I had games to watch. I'm stoked. I know Clark's the only one who, when I put out things into the uh, Slack. First of all, reads the actual instructions, um, but also <laughs> is first like, time for oh, everything. Exactly, I know. Is like, oh, you know what? I didn't see those games. I'm going to go back and watch them. Whereas everyone else, including myself, is like, well, I only watched the game that I cared about, so I'm just going to speak to that game. <laughs> yeah, I just re-upped my uh, Game Pass today. I got to put it to put it to good use. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Instead of watching tape last night, Bex and I watched this movie Plus One, which is on Hulu. Very good movie. I have to let me uh, let me give a plug for it. It's like your typical rom com, but much better done. Uh, it's like two friends. It's this you know these friends who go to all these weddings together, and then end up realizing that oh my god, spoiler alert, they're in love. Uh, this sounds terrible. Oh, it's actually very good. It's like what Booksmart was to high school coming of age movies in that it feels very formulaic and templative, but you're like actually I came away from that thoroughly enjoying it. So would recommend. That's right in the uh, wheelhouse. Me and me and the old girlfriend like to have a night in, make dinner, and watch uh, original streaming service rom com. Netflix has been a go to for those. Hulu, man, qualify, plus one. Or Jordan, can you qualify old girlfriend? I didn't say old. I said old. Old. Oh, the old girlfriend. I was like, know. oh my god, breaking old. news. Yeah. <laughs> no, that would be very disrespectful <laughs> <laughs> no, i thought i thought you were saying like x and i was like do we need to have a moment for you oh no <laughs> i derailed this let's start the show <laughs> now that we're sufficiently caught up on jordan's uh dating life 
we are going to talk about other things than just our uh, rom-coms and, and dating life. We're going to do some preseason takeaways, um, as well as we're going to go through the entire AFC and talk about each team and give, well, some of us will give a start and a sit, or not a start and a sit, but a buy and a sell from each of those teams. Um, some of us will just give one player, basically giving you a overlook of the whole AFC and who we're liking and who we're not liking. So we'll start with the preseason takeaways. Um, obviously, the biggest takeaway I feel like that everyone can agree on is that Dave Gettleman is a genius because Daniel Jones is the future of the New York Giants going five for five for 67 yards and a touchdown. Who can argue against those stats? I I was watching this game live and I watched Daniel Jones come out and I was just like, I wonder what the old Twitter sphere is up to. And it was just, it was relatively silent as Daniel Jones led the Giants down the field. I, I really enjoyed people saying like, well, you know, maybe he looks okay. Good for him. Actually, uh, maybe Dave Gettleman's going to shop. We're not becoming this. a Dave Gettleman truther podcast. This no. is, it's now we've become a Dave Gettleman truther podcast. Yes. Oh, okay. Oh, no. Sorry. Just me. Just I've become a Dave Gettleman <laughs> podcast individually. I'll, I'll say this and I'll, I'll touch on this a little bit later. It's not necessarily a good thing that he played well, but it is good that he didn't play bad, if that makes sense. Yeah. yeah. It's the preseason. So I totally preseason. Yeah. Right. I totally believe in like, uh, good doesn't necessarily mean good, but bad does mean bad and things like, like that's just, that's the preseason. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. it in a nutshell. Um, so, anyways, what other takeaways are there? Uh, Nick, we'll start with you. What was what was the takeaway you had from the first weekend of preseason action? Um, all right. So, I think where I where I, what I want to start with um, is something that I was I was looking into today. I have been really really low on Josh Jacobs, and that might be silly, but my I know I Clark know. Sorry, Clark. Shot. I've been trying to tell you. <laughs> I, yeah, and I, and I don't know, we always fight, and there's no love. So, <laughs> oh, in in Ooh, Antonio Brown's podcast, the No Love podcast, yikes! <laughs> in Antonio Brown's absence, apparently he's been lining up um, in the slot and out wide. And Matthew Berry talked to him recently, in 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 his interview, he talked about how in high school he actually played wildcat quarterback, and apparently John Gruden has already installed wildcat packages for him so I, I was a little skeptical i mean they, they've got a difficult schedule so i figured he'd have a tough time running but if he's really going to be used not just you know splitting out of the backfield like into the slot but lining up all over the literally all over the field even as quarterback sometimes i think i was way too low on him and i, I need to buy josh jacob nick's uh preseason takeaway brought to you by hbo uh, hard knocks because episode two is all about Josh Jacobs, despite the fact that the crowd really wants some Antonio Brown drama, uh, because you know, the guy is going to retire since he can't play with the helmet he wants to play with. But anyways, you're right. Josh Jacobs always buy. I have a burning question. Is hard knocks going to ruin Josh Jacobs? Like I thought it was going to probably God. <laughs> Dog it. I I was not very high on Josh Jacobs. I think it was kind of like a uh, the Raiders drafted him in the first round type of situation. So I was a little bit skeptical. If he would went to the Eagles, like he was mocked uh, in several different mock drafts in the off season, then I would have been like, oh yeah, Josh Jacobs, like 
first round fantasy option here. But uh, because he was the Raiders, I think that hurt his stock with me. But then I started watching clips of him this past week making one-handed catches at training camp. And, and you're in. You bet your it's, just when I thought I was, uh, <laughs> it pulls me right back in. Right back on. Basically, episode two of Hard Knocks is going to be legit. Clark, what's the takeaway you have from the preseason? Uh, so one of my big takeaways, I'm a big Texans fan, and the uh, really? speak of the devil, oh. the Eagles jumped up in front of the Texans to take Andre Dillard, who everyone was kind of like, this guy's just surefire left tackle. May need to work on his run blocking a little bit, but you know biggest stud in the draft uh and instead the texans drafted titus howard so i watched that game specifically watching the offensive line and pete purely out of courtesy to you so that you don't have to bleep all of the cursing that i want to say on the pod the texans offensive line looks as horrible as ever titus howard playing left guard looks terrible he got a little run out at left tackle and looked somehow worse i am very concerned about the Texans offensive line a lot of people are saying like oh well, it was horrible last year how much worse could it get it can get worse (laughs) how much how much do you think the Texans are willing to give for Trent Williams right now I he should be able to name his price and the Texans should pay it yeah they really should especially if they have any hope of writing a a writing it, trying to make a push for a playoff contention and b trying to elongate Deshaun Watson's career past this year. Yeah. If it makes you feel anybody any better, Clark, um, I'm actually really high on the Packers pass rush. So maybe <laughs> it was just playing a very good pass rush team word out of the training camp when they had the joint practices all week where that the Packers were just doing quite well. So, so that's go. that's quite possible, and I hope that that's it. Uh, specifically, watching Titus <laughs> Howard <laughs> stiff, and he looks like he didn't know what he was doing. The Texans were in shotgun on first and ten, and Titus Howard pulled like it was a gap run play. No one else was faking a run play. Is that not yeah. how it's? Is that not how it's done? And I, oh, it was not good, fellas. I also like how Clark Clark. We haven't bleeped at any swear words for like the last. 300 episodes and by 300 i mean like 15 20 but i appreciate you it's being worried about the effort that i have to do in the or our producers because it's not now, me now that we make money we can fucking say whatever we want <laughs> now that hbo hard knocks decided to sponsor nick yeah. nick doesn't give a fuck about anything i i filmed myself all over the place um <laughs> So I think if we're talking about players that this might affect positively, though, like someone to buy, I think it's got to be Duke Johnson. Oh, Nick wants to talk about some Duke. I was going to save this for later in the pod, but this is my, you know, let's talk Duke Johnson because Duke Johnson traded uh, right after last week's podcast is now no longer a Cleveland Brown, but obviously on the Texans. Um, Yeah. Nick, go ahead. What are your thoughts? Well, uh, the, uh, the injury to Kiki QT and his, cute little ankle is is bad for the team overall but we've talked about or i've talked ad nauseum about how i think he's basically going to play the role of that that short area pass catcher that a lot of teams would uh deliver those targets to a pass catching running back now that he's hurt they've replaced basically his target zone with duke johnson i think he's going to step immediately into a 1a role now with the bad offensive line too 
Watson's going to need to be able to dump off a lot. So I think the table is set very nicely for Duke Johnson to suddenly become like a 15 plus touch player. And I'm very excited to watch him. Clark, as a resident Texans fan, give us, it was good. A good trade. What? Yeah. So Duke was, Duke was my buy. Uh, Just, I've, I've always loved Duke Johnson. I think that he's just a genuinely good running back. Who's just never gotten a shot in Cleveland to be the man. And I don't think he's going to be the man in Houston either, but I'm just praying that he gets some kind of 60, 40 split. Uh, Like Nick talked about getting, you know, 15 touches a game for him would be huge. There's a lot of little full-time backs that aren't getting 15 touches. That's a lot of touches. Clark, I don't want to, I don't want to interrupt you, but all right. If you want to hear the rest of Clark's spiel about Duke Johnson, keep listening to the podcast because we'll get into it. It's called the tease. We don't want to, we don't want to give all our secrets away in the first 10 minutes of the podcast. (laughs) Yeah. Shut up, Clark. Clark, Clark's patiently looking at me, just like, all right, dude. I was like, are we going to commercial? Or I was what? in the midst of a great spiel. Uh, Jordan, do you have a takeaway before we get into the AFC Fantasy Preview? Yeah, I, th- I think my takeaway, I kind of touched on it before, as far as quarterback play goes in the preseason. Um, but I think for fantasy purposes, people are not going to have to stress uh, getting a quarterback this year. I mean, Patrick Mahomes, sure, if you want him, if you want to go up and grab him, If you, but if you're running a league that has four-point touchdowns, it's probably not as big of a – four-point passing touchdown, probably not as big of a deal. Uh, you could probably wait on somebody, get value elsewhere, because, again, these quarterbacks in the preseason, they're making you know scripted throws. They're supposed to go out there and be six of eight for – 54 yards or more and and then they're up they're done just get them out of there but um, looking at the second year quarterbacks um, whether that's Josh Allen Lamar Jackson Sam Darnold um, and even Kyler Murray who is a rookie uh, they went out there and they just took care of business like they were supposed to and I think that's a good sign going forward adding a little bit of depth from like that gap that we were missing from the um, I don't know, I guess like the Andrew Luck generation, because it was just like Luck, Russell Wilson. Right. And we missed on Mariota and Winston, and now it's kind of like that gap is, the void is being filled. So quarterback, very deep this year. Yeah, I agree with all of that. Um, writing the uh, the season-long QB rankings a couple weeks ago, that was a lot of fun. It, you can You can get somebody anywhere. Yeah. Which means don't go reaching for Pat Mahomes because hate to break it to people, he's not throwing for fifty touchdowns this year. Sorry, forty-eight maybe, <laughs> forty, but not no, not fifty. Forty-nine point five, I understand, but fifty is uh, ridiculous. Uh, so but- I, I believe that contrarianism is the way to the Super Bowl. I understand that everybody says you can wait on quarterback. Uh, Pat Mahomes has done things that we haven't seen a quarterback do in forever. And I understand the statisticians and everybody's saying, oh, there's no possible way that he could do that again. So what people are saying is that in his first year as a starter and second year in the NFL, he has peaked and we could not possibly see any positive progress from maybe the best quarterback we've ever seen in one of the best offensive coaches systems that we've ever seen. While everybody else is waiting on quarterback, I'm going to I'm going to take Mahomes early and have a and have a huge advantage every week over the people who wait 
and take Derek Carr and Phillip Rivers or Dak Prescott. Good luck when Dak Prescott gets you eight points because Zeke has a good game. Go up there and get him. When everybody else is zagging, you got a zig. You heard it here first. <laughs> I'm gonna this is my new catchphrase, guys. You heard it here first. I've never heard anybody say it, so <laughs> so it's good. Clark Burns, you heard it here first. I like it. Also, your rant would it ended very well with the little giggle at the end. <laughs> it adds a really nice touch to it. It kind of breaks up the anger. It lets people know how serious I am. Exactly. Hey, that's important. You heard it here first. Um <laughs> Before before we go into AFC preview, oh, I, I have a big takeaway. Go, ahead. I have a big takeaway. So we did not have a lot of running backs go in the first round. We didn't have anybody go in like the top five, like we have, uh, you know, a, a few times in the past couple of years. And uh, do not sleep on these rookie running backs: Miles Sanders, David Montgomery, Darwin Thompson. These guys are already starting to creep up draft boards, and for good reasons. We've had a lot of really talented backs go into extremely explosive offenses, and these are. This is where you make hay with these rookie running backs. They're going late. People are still not sure of them. And to be fair, the situations in front of them are not extremely clear. So you're getting a big discount. But I I, first week of preseason, don't want to get too excited. But, man, I am excited about this class of rookie running backs. Yeah, they look good. They look good. And most of them are in situations where you feel like if they show themselves to be able to handle a starting role, that the team is willing to – give the reins over to them chicago philly uh the raiders i'm trying to think who else took the rookie the chiefs thompson yep 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 yeah all those offenses you could see them giving the reins to the rookie and just letting them run with it (laughs) (laughs) nailed it anything else before we get into afc fantasy previews awesome all right, so we're going to go team by team. Give a player we are buying, be that a stud who you need to draft or a sleeper that you shouldn't sleep on, um, and a player we are avoiding this year in order to keep this podcast at a decently reasonable uh, uh, time. We're gonna, I'm going to set a timer. We're going to have three minutes for each team to talk about. Uh, each one of us has going to talk about the team, start the conversation, and then we will discuss. You will know those three minutes are up because you will hear... You're just going to be like a... Um, and that is John Gruden since in celebration of uh, Hard Knocks. And so you'll hear that in your three minutes are up. So let's start in the AFC North. And we will start with probably the team that people are most excited about who has taken possibly the largest leap into contention, both from a real football and a lot of options from a fantasy standpoint, Cleveland Browns. Jordan, who are you buying and selling from Cleveland? Uh, so right now I'm buying a lot of Rashard Higgins stock. Um, The obvious options in that offense right now are Nick Chubb, Odell Beckham Jr. and Jarvis Landry. But I think you can get a very good deal on Rashard Higgins, uh, like a later round in your draft. Um, It looks like he's going to be the de facto number three wide receiver. It was kind of between him and Antonio Callaway jockeying for that position. But with Antonio Callaway being suspended for four games, and he also has a history of not being able to stay out of trouble. I mean, he went to the University of Florida, so how much can you really expect? Um, <laughs> but, yeah, it, it also helped that he came out in that preseason game, had five catches, 98 yards of a touchdown. Like, he is somebody that can stretch the field. I believe that comes out to, like, a – 15 and a half, 16 yard average per catch. 
Um, so while he's, you know, streaking down the field, leaving the intermediate and short routes open for Jarvis Landry and Odell Beckham Jr., he could have, you know, a pretty explosive day um, in the in the flex position for you if you were to pick him up and uh, playing him against like a really bad defense uh, one one week. I like that a lot because I, because in Cleveland, right. We know you, like you said, you know who the top guys are, right. You know, and those guys are all going to go quickly um, and early. And so if you miss out on them, but you still want to be a part of this offense, which I do think is going to be pretty prolific and it's scoring and being able to spread the ball around. Cause I fully believe in Baker Mayfield. You want to be able to get some sort of buy some sort of uh, stock in in the Browns' offense, and I think Higgins is an option. I also think you can get David Njoku still decently cheap. He are not cheap so much, but he hasn't risen to the ranks of like tight end four or five yet. At least last time I checked the rankings, those were pretty OJ Howard, Evan Ingram centric. Um, so I think that's another guy who you could buy too. But I like it. I think we've also got a narrative developing here. I'm double checking right now, but I believe that this is his contract year. Mm. Contract um, years are always a good narrative to follow. Yeah, yeah, contract, yeah. There, there are at least some uh, to talk about. But um, yeah, so I, I had heard recently uh, a few fantasy a few fantasy analysts um, speculating that Higgins might be the guy to replace the bloated contract of Jarvis Landry. Uh, Landry's on a, a massive deal right now. When, mm-hmm. when he came to town, I think Dorsey handed him like $70 million or something crazy. Um, so anyway, Higgins, young guy, very promising. He could be the guy who, I, I can see them wanting to audition him as much as possible to find out if, hey, maybe we should cut bait with, with the overpriced, uh, sorry, Landry truthers. Um, Jarvis Landry and replace him with the the young gun. I thought we were back on good terms, but uh, then you went and slandered the good name of Jarvis Landry, who's also a tremendous <laughs> value in Cleveland this year. And, Jewish Barry and, and that's all the time we have for Cleveland. Uh, Steelers, Clark, who are you buying? Who are you selling in Pittsburgh? Uh, so keep me honest. I'm going to try to work in my full game breakdown in the preseason that I did accidentally. <laughs> I didn't understand okay. the rules. All right. Uh, you got three so minutes. And I watched, go. I watched Benny Snell and Jalen Samuels r- really closely. And uh, you know, the, the Steelers didn't start all of their starters. Ben sat out, Juju Smith Schuster sat out. So it, it tough to get a real good grasp on what's going to happen. Uh, but watching Benny Snell and Jalen Samuels, I feel a lot better about where James Conner is going. They both look okay but the worry is that james connor is going to split time with those guys no way so i'm i'm, I'm warming up to taking james connor where he's going which is pretty high yeah uh and i mean selling i've, I've just done this all off season so i might as well do it again juju people are are like letting juju smith schuster creep into the number one wide receiver conversation we have lost our minds <laughs> It's wide receiver week over at faketeams.com. So you should go make sure to check out all of the great wide receiver content we're putting out. But uh, one of our writers, Matthias Water, just put out his wide receiver rankings and Juju Smith-Schuster falls in at wide receiver four for him. Um, so again, there's a differing of opinions here, but you, we've long talked about Juju. So let's talk about James Conner uh, for the next minute and 50 seconds. I... I understand that there's no one behind him. I just, or maybe they're not as talented. I still just have a hard time buying that James Conner is a top 10 fantasy back again this year. I don't know, 
but but I, it's nice to hear that maybe there's no one who's going to be nipping at his heels. Yeah, I'm a little bit worried about James Conner from a longevity standpoint. It like I really need him to stay healthy and available for 16 games, but I, I'm just not sure if that's if he's capable of that. You know, some some backs just get hurt, but it doesn't help that he gets run into the ground every season. Yeah, the Steelers just have a track record of of giving like 300 touches to their backs and being like, okay, this is fine. This is the world we're operating in. And then they've, you know, the body can't hold up. And so you're, you're coming around to week 14, 15, and they tweak their hammy or they tweak their ankle because they've been run into the ground. And now you're in the fantasy playoffs without your number one back. I just, I just so, don't want to do that to myself. So James Conner's going at the end of the first round in PPR leagues. He's the RB7, and I understand the injury history, but let's look at the guys behind him. Todd Gurley, are we sure that he's going to be able to play 16? Uh, Nick Chubb, who is the best running back in football. I think I had him as like my RB3 or 4 in my ranks, and he's moving up because I love me some Chubb. Then we've got Dalvin Cook, not the picture of health. Joe Mixon, I mean, his ankles are made of silly string. We know that. Damian Williams, oh, he's played five games. Let's get really excited about what Damian Williams did in five games. So injury concern, absolutely true. Any running back in the NFL has some injury concern. But high-flying offense, really just watching Benny Snell uh, creep his way. John Gruden, God. (laughs) Um, Let's talk about, because you brought him up and because he's next to talk about anyways, the Bengals, Cincinnati Bengals, a team that no one really likes to spend any airwaves talking about. But since we got to talk about him, we got to talk about him. I'm actually buying Joe Mixon. Uh, He spent the entire, the Bengals spent the entire off season improving their offensive line. They invested draft capital. They went and got players. So that's been fortified. Uh, He's currently RB 10. And as long as he's healthy, which I understand is is something that we haven't entirely seen, there's no one behind him, right? We love Gio, but Gio is not a starting caliber running back, and he's been good in spot starts for him. But I don't think that there's there's no one there's no one. Clark's giving me the crazy eyes. There's no rookie nipping at nipping at Joe Mixon's heels, and the fact is that Joe Mixon's still young enough and early in his you know rookie contract that the Bengals want to see fully what they have, so they're going to always keep putting the offense to him. And I also feel like there is hopefully maybe going to be a little push to improve that passing game and rely on that passing game. Maybe you got a healthy AJ green, Tyler Boyd has looked really good and they signed him to a big contract. Maybe you integrate John Ross uh, a little bit more into the team. Ultimately the point is being that I think Joe Mixon could see less of a stacked box. Joe Mixon could utilize an offensive line that's in front of him more. uh, And I'm buying him. I'm buying him. I'm also going to give you guys a sell because this guy working on all levels i know it's not the sexiest of cells but sell tyler eifert uh in the past i've been a fan i've been preaching the like hey you know maybe you get him at the last pick of your draft and if he turns into what he was back in 20 whatever 15 you got yourself a steal but he hasn't played double digit games since 2015 and he hasn't played five plus games since 2016 so there's just no reason to even like entertain the notion of buying a buying tyler eifert low I want to cut in here. So I, I am so far the opposite on Mixon, and he. I, I just want to keep dropping him in my rankings. So he's going as the the RB nine, and we were just talking about guys who would would come into play instead of James Conner, and and you know it's Gurley, Mixon, obviously Chubb should be ahead. But anyway, the guy's offensive line is pulverized. Uh, AJ Green is out. Eifert, I do like him as a dart throw tight end, but 
for everything you just said. He's super shaky. I cannot get on board with Joe Mixon. I find him terrifying, and he's he's on my list of guys who I if if I'm in a snake draft, I'm just like, don't be there when I'm picking. Don't be there when I'm picking. Don't be there when I'm picking. Man, I need to be in a draft with you. I think, but the, yeah, their offensive, like they've improved the offensive line and the offensive line has looked at least good through the first preseason game, which I understand is a preseason game, but at least I feel like the team has put invested effort into improving that. And which means that they're going to uh, keep looking at Joe Mixon. I, I'm buying him there. And Clark, the guys that Clark listed there, am I buying him less than Dalvin Cook? Am I taking, you know, I'm not taking Dalvin Cook ahead of him. I'm not taking... Todd Gurley, maybe I would take ahead of him, but that's kind of where I'm feeling him. Yeah, I, I think we've swung a little bit too far on the Bengals offense because it's it has been steadily productive. They had yeah. a very bad year last year, and that may continue. I kind of like where Mixon is going, but Nick, I have to agree with you too. Like, I hope someone takes him in front of me so that I don't have to decide. Uh, but uh, Pete, you are wrong, but why would you not take Tyler Eifert with like your 14th round pick? He'll yeah, be easy to drop. That's, but, that's true, but. Let's throw this over to Jordan. Jordan, you're the, the guy in the trenches here. Who who are the healthy? Or Can you give us an update on the Bengals line? Yeah. They lost uh, first rounder, right? I'm not, yeah, they lost Garrett Bradbury. They lost. They're just uh, going to be like a. Cordy Glenn. Is that him? Cordy Glenn? Cordy, that was a strategic that fart so yeah. that my, uh, my point can't get destroyed by Jordan actually knowing how the Bengals offensive line is being decimated. <laughs> I mean, it's it's been rough, but we also don't know how their new head coach, Zach Taylor, might be able to account for some tough offensive line. I mean, play. did you like, guys you might see how good Todd Gurley was in the Rams offense? That's what... Zach Taylor, quarterback's coach for the Rams, is going to bring to the Bengals. That's all I'm saying. And also, John Ross is going to become Brandon Cooks. We're over time. Let's... This is the most anyone's ever spent talking about the Cincinnati Bengals. Uh, last... I love you, AJ Green. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, obviously, the whole podcast loves him. Uh, AFC North, last team. Jordan, talk about the uh, Ravens. So... Um... I don't even know if I really have to say it, but Lamar Jackson, I'm buying as much stock as possible. And it's kind of beating, a, beating the same dead Raven at this point. Um, I, I thought, again, he just looks like one of those second-year QBs who went out there, did what he was supposed to do. He was completing um, passes, rolling out on play action. Now, they didn't – and to Lamar's admission as well they didn't even do like anything really close to what they're going to bust out in the regular season which I mean why show all your cards in a preseason game anyway but um, it, it made me really excited that Lamar was able to stand in there and throw in some really good passes the receivers are a little bit of a question mark but that during that game they look fine like if as long as the receivers are able to get open that's totally okay with me um i'm excited for mark andrews to be uh lamar's number one target so if travis kelsey can be a number one target at tight end so can mark andrews so i love mark andrews as a player he scares me a little bit because he's coming off the field in um, blocking situations um but i i will take one second to say i i absolutely love lamar jackson and would and here you go clark i would absolutely rather platoon Lamar Jackson and Josh Allen overtaking Patrick Mahomes. 
give me these rushing floor boom weeks all day long. But the guy that I want to talk about really quick. And, Clark and looks like a, like a villain from a Disney movie plotting <laughs> how he's going to destroy Nick. <laughs> good, good, good. Um, You'll have a chance to play against me uh, as I return to defend my title in the RB1 Podcast League. <laughs> how that season, that would have been so different. You offered me James Conner for one year ago. It, oh, what would have been? Oh, what would have been? The smallest violin in the world is being played. So bad. No, I'm 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 an idiot. I'm I'm not uh, not giving myself an excuse at all. I was dumb. But the guy that I want to talk about, I can't find Tyreek Hill's information right now. Justice Hill, he is gonna he's this dude is gonna steal touches from Mark Ingram, and I'm seriously worried about drafting Mark Ingram. Uh, Hill's workout numbers are insane. He he ran a one five uh, uh, one five six. 10 yard split, that's bananas, 4-4 four, four flat, 40 inch vertical, 10-10 uh, broad jump. This guy can move. And if he is in some sort of a limited role where he can snatch away like 10 carries a game or 10 touches a game, he's going to put up points. I like to call another really exciting rookie running back that came in this year. And Jordan, you know, I'm with you. I, I love Lamar Jackson. I don't think that he's the idea that he's become a polished passer in the offseason, that's stupid. But he they're going to allow him to pass. They brought in Greg Roman. I'm not the first person to say, like, hey, that's the guy who made Colin Kaepernick look really good. He doesn't have to be a fantastic passer to threaten the pass and make the Ravens running game even more effective. Maybe not as many rushes, but just so explosive. I buy Lamar Jackson. Yeah. Especially since the guys going around him are Jimmy Garoppolo, Dak Prescott, Ben Roethlisberger. He's QB, what, 17 right now? That's a buy. All right, let's move on to the AFC West. And Nick, we'll start with you and your sponsored uh, Oakland Raiders by HBO, Hard Knocks. Talk to us. Who are you buying? Who are you selling? What are you doing with this team? So I'm buying the guy who I already talked about because I misunderstood uh by josh jacobs for all the reasons that i already told you uh that he's going to line up all over the formation uh, even though it's a tough schedule given the fact that he's going to be used in the passing game the, the guy could push for like 25 touches a game and that's crazy in today's nfl um antonio brown uh posted today that he accepts the uh arbiter arbitrator arbiter that was the bad guy or good guy in like halo 3 um <laughs> Good rest, bro. Thank you for the, you for the giggles. <laughs> Your references are out of control. Um, but yeah, Brown, his his status is is still it's going to be up in the air all season long. And Josh Jacobs is going to be the focal point of the offense. Gruden is going to try to prove his his selection correct. So by himself, I think everyone else. I think you've already yeah you already said it, Antonio Brown. Let's get hot, Nick. Let's get them clicks. Okay, heat it up. Antonio oh. Brown, your feet are disgusting. He doesn't have frostbite. It's that he has a sweaty foot disease, and then he got into a thing, and it just froze his feet. But not – I don't know. Go read Dr. Chow. It's bananas. I don't know if you guys give a shit about that. No, we do. <laughs> yeah. Oh, we, we talked a little bit about it last podcast. Um, I like the Josh Jacobs play, though. Um, it helps that uh, A.B. will – hopefully still be there question mark we don't know if he's going to change his mind but fingers crossed he doesn't change his mind the only thing that was kind of holding me back against josh jacobs was i was a little bit worried um before i actually like started paying attention to him uh in the past couple of days i am now a josh jacobs expert Clark is I thought he... right now <laughs> that's where all this josh josh jacobs hate and neglect came from 
I I thought just because he was drafted by Oakland, he's an Alabama running back that he just might be a hey, we have this guy who is going to get 25 carries a game running between the tackles. Um, but that wouldn't have been a good idea because the Raiders offensive line is pretty sketchy right now. But the fact that he can go play in the slot and split out wide is pretty sexy to me. So, yeah, I hope that Antonio Brown's value continues to plummet because he's going at the end of the second. And I, yeah, I will take Antonio Brown in the third round. Like that sounds like a very good idea. I know he's, I know he's acting crazy, but once the game start, I feel like third round. Okay. Plus isn't fantasy football about having the most entertaining team possible. And doesn't Antonio Brown make your team far more entertaining to, to follow than just be like, Oh, cool. Mike Evans did good. Well, but I think AB could struggle because he's having to learn a new offense and get used to a new quarterback. But I'm kind of tired of people pretending that Ben Roethlisberger is better than Derek Carr. Thank you. I, I don't think one is better than the other. I just don't. I think we're a little bit overrating Ben Roethlisberger at this point in his career as being a little too responsible for Antonio Brown's success. 100% agree. Ben, ben Roethlisberger is trash. I would prefer to say mean things about both quarterbacks at once. Can we do that? Yeah, go ahead. Yes. They're both not very good, and Antonio Brown Encouraged. is very good. Yeah, agreed. You're just going to be like a... Excellent. Uh, let's move on to the Denver Broncos, and I have a buy and a sell because I understood my own rules for this. Uh, buying Cortland Sutton, because what does Joe Flacco love more than being elite? Heaving 50-50 balls to any receiver who can go get him. And at 6-3, Sutton's going to be his favorite target. Uh, you can get him in the middle of the ninth round. He got in a fight with Emmanuel Sanders, which means Emmanuel Sanders is worried <laughs> because Cortland Sutton's nipping at his heels and coming for that statted spot. Uh, and so I'm buying every ounce of Cortland Sutton I can. Also, I am going to – I've been back and forth on this all year. I'm selling Philip Lindsay, not saying that I am cutting bait with him and never drafting him anywhere. But Royce Freeman has been showing up so far this season. He had a 50-yard run against the Seahawks in the preseason, and it just seems to be a lot of buzz out of camp. He was the third-round pick that everyone thought was going to be the you know the bell cow back in, in Denver. So I feel like there's pressure on the organization to kind of prove that he was worth that pick. And, and I guess it's just like tough for Lindsey to improve upon that rookie year. He's going in the middle of the fourth. I, I, if he falls to me in the fifth, yeah, I'll take him, of course, but I'm not entirely sold that he is going to have the same success and the same clear role that he had last year. Yeah, I love Emmanuel Sanders. Uh, he's been a fantasy saint for the past couple of years because he's just been, I mean, with with and without Peyton Manning, he's still been a very good fantasy option later in fantasy drafts, but uh, wide receiver on the other side of 30 coming off an Achilles injury, buying Cortland Sutton yeah and I like the idea of passing on Lindsay just where he's going just because of the people around him like every draft is going to be unique but and I mean in my home leagues there's some people who go their own way but a lot of people you can kind of predict who's going to go when by what cheat sheet you provide for them I always try to <laughs> the most mismatches my thoughts on it uh, Clark's but, like Josh Jacobs a bottom 30 running back oh, eighth, eighth round what a value in the eighth you should only draft in the eighth uh, but looking at you know, Philip Lindsay, we got Cooper Cup. This is ADP uh, points per reception uh, for fantasy football calculator. Cooper Cup going after him. Tyler Lockett, Jarvis Landry, Tyler Boyd. 
there are a lot of guys in that area that I'd rather have than Philip Lindsay. Not to take anything away from Philip Lindsay, who's incredibly exciting. I'm just he's just not going to end up on my team if those guys are around him. So I, I was really concerned about Philip Lindsay just because they're switching to the the new like run based scheme that's a lot better for Royce Freeman until the preseason game where he the most recent one where he he took more snaps for the first team than Royce Freeman did. So I'm thinking that he might actually still hold on to his job as the one A. But up until this week, I I was thinking that Royce Freeman might actually take over as the one A. Um, as far as the receivers go, I'm punting on both. Uh, Sutton and Sanders uh, Sutton's going as like the receiver I think 34 um, and uh, it, Deshaun Hamilton the safety blanket for whichever quarterback is playing uh, is going as uh, going in the 50s um, Flacco likes the slot receivers if Drew Locke takes over he's going to be going for whoever's cl- closest to him and most open so I'm I'm just punting all those uh, on, on Sanders and Sutton because I don't think that their upsides are very high and I'm taking the high floor PPR guy in Deshaun Hamilton. You're just going to be like a. Got that, that in. Wasn't, that wasn't the timer. That was just my comment on Nick and his bad comment. I was just telling Nick that he's going to be a fart because he didn't like my bite. Well, you're not wearing any pants. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> uh, Kansas, moving on. Kansas City Chiefs. Clark, what do you like on this offense? Is there anyone you don't like on this offense? Uh, yes. So the, the buy and sell going to be closely related. It is a buy recommendation for either Carlos Hyde or Darwin Thompson. And it's a sell on Damian Williams. We, I understand the allure of Damian Williams and we may replay this in nine weeks. I may look like a big idiot because if he gets the number one back role, you know, anyone in Kansas city can make that look good, but he's missed a lot of time early in camp with the hamstring. Carlos Hyde looked fine out there and Darwin Thompson looked really exciting. He did not go down on first contact. He made a couple of really nice cuts, uh, you know, pressing the hole outside and turning it back inside, which is not something that you see a lot of slight rookie running backs do. They usually try to run to the corner and that's why they don't get time because you can't usually get to the corner in the NFL. So I was really impressed with what I saw in, again, the first preseason game out of him. But we're just hearing too much noise around Damian Williams, who, who for four years has been you know, no one in the NFL and had five good games and is now a second-round running back. So I'm, I'm selling him and I'm buying any other running back in Kansas City. Yeah, I want to bring that up because I feel like people have this misconception that Damian Williams was like a – late round pick the chiefs made like two years ago and was just kind of sitting in the organization and then you know was able to thrive when he had his opportunity damian williams has been in this league for five years now like let me let me stats and information doing some quick work for me let's go into a six yeah he was came in the league at 14 in 2014 and he would four years with the dolphins where he did nothing and then one year with the chiefs last year where he did you know something but not not the point where he's the rb12 going in the second round that is just preposterous to me again we've listed kind of the players who are going in there also you have melvin gordon leonard fournette Mel- marlon mack along with dalvin cook joe mixing nick chubb any of those guys i'm taking over damian williams i mean i'm taking even you can go down aaron jones devonta freeman josh jacobs david montgomery derrick henry mark ingram chris carson i'm taking all those guys over damian williams so from what I understand, the biggest issue holding back Damian Williams right now is his hamstring. Um, Andy Reid apparently has been, at least uh, visually, if not uh, vocally, 
frustrated by his recovery from his hamstring injury. If the guy gets fully healthy in practice reports today, had him as the starting running back in practice. If he is fully healthy, I'm taking the Chiefs starting running back in round two, and I'm not thinking twice about it. If by whenever I'm drafting, uh, if it's shaky, if he's not fully recovered, then I'm nervous and I'm probably going to pass on him like I would Joe Mixon. But why? But I guess like. You don't the Chiefs starting running running back yes used to be a prime commodity when they had a starting running back but you don't know Damian Williams is a starting running back what's to say that I mean Andy Reid's already come out and said that he's going to implement more of a running back committee and so I like I just in the day and age where like starting running backs just because you start doesn't mean you put up more points James White doesn't start for the Patriots but is their best fantasy running back that they got. And so it's like, I, I just don't buy the fact that Damian Williams, who's not a starting running back, is going to is going to just that inherently makes him the 12th best running back in football. I, preposterous. I got worked up over Clark's own pick. <laughs> uh, finally, in the AFC West, uh, the oh, my God, I almost said San Diego. That would have been embarrassing. Los Angeles Chadges. Uh, Nick, who do you got? So I previously had been probably a little bit too high on Justin Jackson as Austin Eckler came out and uh, took, I I think it was like 10 out of 15 first team reps, first team reps. uh, And he kept up his trademark outrageous inefficiency, um, both with his, his through the air and on the ground averages. And, and I also had a a misunderstanding about the, the size of these two guys. They're actually both about 200 pounds. He is five foot eight. Justin Jackson is six foot. He's a little more compact, and I I think it actually works. I think it, it works a little bit better. He can get uh he can get a solid pad level, and um is is not as slight of frame as I understood him to be in comparison to Justin Jackson. The guy gets the job done um in in pass protection and in catching the ball. And although I don't know that he's necessarily that great of a running back that's or excuse me that great of a rusher that's the third most important thing when you're playing running back in today's nfl so i am now buying austin eckler and also um i don't melvin gordon i think is going to be holding out till week 10 he posted a sneaky photo of him wearing a thursday night football uh, uh necklace on Instagram, which a lot of people are saying, oh, well, they play Thursday night in week 10 coming off the bye in week nine, which would be the final game that, or the, rather, it'd be the first game that he would return for uh, this season. Um, so I, I think he's going to be out half the season. And if that's the case and you're getting the 1A in the Chargers backfield, uh, that's and, and, he, and he's doing the job well, go go get Austin Eckler and, and sell Justin Jackson, unfortunately. That that is a one A running back I buy. <laughs> that's that's an implementation where yeah, because I, I think especially you always see this because you saw this literally with the Steelers with James Conner. I feel like teams when a player we've only seen a few instances of it, but with the Steelers, right? I felt like the Steelers put an extra emphasis on James Conner to be like, hey, Le'Veon Bell, fuck you. We can do this with any running back we have. We don't need you. And I could see maybe the Chargers, I would love to see the Chargers do something similar with Austin Eckler and be like, hey, Melvin Gordon, fuck you. We can do this ourselves with Austin Eckler. And so then suddenly Austin Eckler becomes a top 15 fantasy running back. I love Eckler as a, as a player. He is little, but he's not tiny. And he plays a lot like, you know, uh, Philip Lindsay, who we just talked about, he plays with his hair on fire. He does. He's never met contact that he is not willing to take. Like you said, Nick, like he's a pretty good little uh, protector in there when he's asked to block. 
and he's a fine receiver. I was about to say you should just draft him anyway, because even if Melvin Gordon plays, I think that he's going to have standalone value as kind of a flex third down back, third down, third running back for you, you know, for those bigger leagues. But he's going in the middle of the sixth round uh, as Melvin Gordon's ADP has plummeted because I think, like a lot of people, that he he is not going to play unless he gets a deal, and he is not going to get a deal. Uh, so the sixth round is tough, but, but but if you're just going to bet on the talent, like he, he is good. He's a very good player. I think Austin Eckler is a league winner type of running back. Like I think he can actually put up that amount of points per week in fantasy the only thing that's really holding him back of course is just if melvin gordon comes back like if if you get austin eckler you like nick said might be getting 10 good weeks of austin eckler and then melvin gordon decides he's going to come back i guess maybe you just got to hope you have a contingency plan you know definitely try to tie melvin gordon and austin eckler together in redraft leagues and, you're just going to be like a yeah um and a brand and before we move on to the AFC South and the AFC East, we are going to take a quick break for ads, but don't go anywhere. Because when we come back, we'll find out Jordan's favorite Quentin Tarantino movie. Mm. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. All right, Jordan, tell the audience who your, what your favorite Tarantino film is. Inglorious Bastards, hands down. <sighs> hands down we just beck and i, I really just watched that it. recently god damn that opening scene is possibly one of the best opening scenes of all time it's really great i actually i should show you guys a picture one time i have a t-shirt that i was just wearing yesterday that's of brad pitt uh from inglorious bastards just just his face on it <laughs> does it say bonjour now no it says gorlami gorlami Clark, you seem disappointed in that choice. <laughs> I just, it's a very good movie, but it's clearly not his best movie. Ooh, what's Reservoir his best? Dogs is clearly his best movie. Mm, mm, mm. See, cool. I, I rate them different, like between somebody's best movie and my favorite. Like, my favorite is the one that I will just be able to turn on and watch, like mm. once a month at least. But best might not be all that rewatchable. Reservoir Dogs is, it has some parts that are a little tough to get through that's like once in a blue moon for me that's so a good definition I, I, I like that nick we need a tiebreaker and you yeah nick you gotta pick ride with me <laughs> if i'm if i'm if i have to choose between the two of those then i would go reservoir dogs but um, of taste. i don't it's such a difficult i i have such a difficult time actually picking one of my favorite ones i really love um uh the hateful eight and spoiler alert but when channing tatum shoots off samuel jackson's testicles 
that movie went from like I love this to like I I I'm very uncomfortable in my theater. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was going to be the opposite. I thought you were going to be like, I was okay with this movie. And then Samuel L. Jackson's balls got shot off. And I was like, this movie's fucking no. incredible. The whole rest of the thing, I was squirming in my seat. It was really <laughs> uncomfortable. Now, I love the ear scene in Reservoir Dogs. So I don't know what that says about me. Maybe I'm oh. losing my testicles. But <laughs> yeah. well, I feel like that's a pretty um, common pretty common thing. Most guys understand the pain that it is <laughs> hitting the nuts. So having your nuts blown off would be crippling. But so I will say, I think Kill Bill, the uh, volume one is probably my favorite, but I, I, he's really, really good. All right. Anyway, let's move it along. <laughs> Clark, Clark is the one keeping us on track here. Clark's like, all right, you guys, I uh, have a bedtime to meet. Okay. AFC South. <laughs> let's, let's get into it. Um, uh, we'll start with your team, Clark. We'll start with your team. Talk to us about uh, the Texans. So uh, <laughs> I think it'll be interesting to see where Duke Johnson's ADP goes. Looking at any historical information we have on that is ridiculous with him just being traded a couple of days ago. I think that he's going to approach silly high because people have just been waiting. People, me, have just been waiting for someone other than Lamar Miller to take it, uh, take the Texans RB1 role. Uh, I was pumping up Dante Freeman uh, earlier. So, you know, that's how much you should listen to my advice. Uh, but I really like Duke Johnson as a player. I just think he's fantastic. And I think as long as the Texans don't do something stupid with him, like making him exclusively a third down back in obvious passing situations, I think as long as they give him a role, he's going to be fantastic. Uh, and, and as far as a sell, I just, you know, everyone's so good on the Texans. I don't know who you would possibly not want on your fantasy team. Well, if you play in Jordan's league where you draft offensive linemen, then you probably would have to sell the whole Texans O-line. That league may be prohibitive to draft a lot of Texans. Yeah. All right, that makes sense, though. No, you're right. The Texans have just, like, at every position, exciting players. Maybe not tight end. I don't really know who their tight end so is. The, the Venn diagram of people who draft Jordan Akins and people who <laughs> live in Houston is just going to be one circle on top of another. <laughs> so, okay. Nick has beef. <laughs> I'm fired up about Duke Johnson. Right, we, we talked about how you, you draft the third Patriots running back. He's still going behind Damian Harris. Duke Johnson is. And I seriously think we're, at worst, we're talking about a guy who's going to get a 50-50 share with Lamar fucking Miller. At best, we're talking about a bell cow in an in an awesome offense. And here's the thing. The, 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 but per Warren Sharp, which look, for, look at, I got my two things coming up. But, nice. Okay. Um, the Texans are facing, per Warren Sharp, facing the hardest schedule of the season. Deshaun Watson's statistics, uh, both passing and rushing, increased by about a yard and a half when they are losing. Duke Johnson is going to be on the field because they're going to be trailing a lot, and he's going to be getting the rock in phenomenal situations. Draft Duke Johnson. When you see his name coming up in the queue, don't even think about it. Whatever round it is, he, he belongs at least in the third round. That's my personal opinion. But right now he's going off the board of like running back 53. So don't even think about it. Just take Duke Johnson. He's amazing. I love this message. Yeah. I love Nick getting angry at the podcast for not drafting Duke Johnson. Where we're all like, we all love Duke Johnson. Let's, <laughs> let's draft Duke Johnson in like the fourth and fifth round. We're on board with that. He threw oh. Warren Shop's draft guide at us. I know. That's, whew, that is anger. That is, that is a rage coming out of Nick that we haven't seen in a long time since he gave up the Seahawks. 
shut up. Let's move on. Or Jordan, what do you got? <laughs> we don't even need the timer. If Duke Johnson is RB fifty three and he's going behind guys like Damian Harris, that makes me think that he's just in that part of the draft where you're just kind of throwing stuff at the wall to see what sticks. You're taking the most educated guesses possible to uh, put your team over the top. So, yes, why not take a shot on Always Duke take Johnson? Him. Take take Nicholas, the fly. Talk to us about the Jaguars. Okay, so in the past, Leonard Fournette has. When he's been on the field, whether that's suspension or, or, or injury getting in the way, um, he has actually stayed on the field for third down, I think, a lot more than, than many people really understand. They, he's often looked at as kind of a two-down banger. Uh, and and he, he, I don't know, maybe people look at his, his off-season reports the same way that we do with, with Jordan Howard, where we're like, oh, he's working on his pass-catching again. But he actually, apparently, is working on his pass-catching. Pass he's not just working on it. Coaches are raving about it. Um, Behind him on the depth chart, he has Alfred fucking Blue, pardon me, and and Ryquel Armstead. Okay, Armstead's a banger. Alfred Blue is Alfred Blue. There's no one there. Leonard Fournette is going to be a three-down player in the NFL in 2019. He, he's going to be the focal point of this offense. And something that's fun to note: John Filippo, uh, their new uh, o, o, what is he, he's OC or head coach? Either way, he's calling the plays. He likes to throw on early downs. And he likes to throw to running backs on early downs. That's big for running backs. They, the, the average running back target on early downs is like seven yards a pop. So if he is going to be this player that I think he is going to be, that that it looks like he is going to be, Leonard Fournette in the third round is going to be a steal. And I think next year we're going to be looking at him as a first rounder again. Leonard Fournette is obviously the best player on the Jaguars offense. And he is he is priced right because there's a lot of, worry about how much he's going to play you know we we haven't seen him play a lot we've seen a lot of knuckleheadism out of him before and you know are we really going to get that excited about Nick Foles coming in to replace Blake Bortles like that's an upgrade but how much of an upgrade is that again appropriately priced absolutely the best player for the Jaguars but I'm just worried that we might he might be like the world's tallest midget kind of situation I I think for um Leonard Fournette, I do think Nick Foles is a head and shoulders upgrade over Blake Bortles. There's not going to be um, these eight-man boxes that Leonard Fournette is going to be facing anymore on offense. Um, They're going to have a much better offensive line. They are going to have Andrew Norwell back and healthy, and that can't be understated how big of a deal that is for how well he plays. Um, They drafted Jawan Taylor, so they got a little bit more depth on the offensive line, and I just think Nick Foles is a much better quarterback than Blake Bortles, new Los Angeles Rams backup Blake Bortles. And I, I don't think that could be that understated. Like Nick Foles is okay to good on some days, but Blake Bortles was like really like, terrible to fine. Like he was it's fine a at best. How do we get, how do we get this like, Furious, angry Nick on every podcast. <laughs> just, just. Curious. I want to keep talking about him. Okay, but last point. Fuck. Last... Ah, I think Nick and I need to do our own podcast, which will truly just be sports yelling. <laughs> it's and literally going to be fantasy air of airing of grievances. <laughs> uh, Clark, talk to us about the Indianapolis Colts. Who are you buying? Who are you selling? Uh, 
this is another one of those situations where I'm just kind of buying everyone. Where they're priced, everybody's appropriately tri- priced. I, I think Andrew Luck is going to be fine. That may turn out to be stupid, but we don't know. I think he's going to be fine. I think Naheem Hines getting the start when all of the backups were in there, they made him stick his nose in there and run in the middle a little bit. I really like that. Even though Marlon Mack is clearly going to be the, getting the bulk of the carries, I think Naheem Hines is going to hold on to his role. I think Paris Campbell is an interesting guy but I think the whole pie in Indianapolis can grow so much that they can absorb a player like Campbell in, into that offense without hurting Hines at all uh T.Y. Hilton going in the third is like an annual travesty he's like the new Larry Fitzgerald like we just keep disrespecting him and he just keeps putting up good games uh I mean Devin Frunches is free if you want to take a shot on him which is somebody- preposterous that's right, I, I NFL agree. touchdown leader Devin Bunches to uh, you at home. I, I think Dak, Jack Doyle is underrated. People forget that when he plays, he's one of Andrew Lux's favorite targets. And even though I did name nine people that I would buy, I will do a sell, <laughs> and I'm just going to cop out and say Eric Ebron. You should not draft him. Yes, Eric Ebron has the biggest biggest chance out of all the tight ends that you could possibly draft to come crashing back down to earth. He is not catching whatever it was, 14 touchdowns again like he did last year. I can promise you that much. Even a slight regression from 14 touchdowns is pretty good for where the tight end market is. But do you think it's going to be a slight regression, or do you think it's going to be a plummeting asteroid headed to Earth to explode everything you love and hold beer? I mean, if he could get, you know, eight, nine touchdowns, even I see. I don't even know if he's going to sniff that. I think that's okay. I think that's fine. I think he'll at least get the targets to do so. Maybe. I think the Colts have. You can't just go away from him after. But you can't because you got Devin Funches. So, (laughs) all right. The 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 thing about the two tight ends is that when Jack Doyle is healthy, he out targeted Ebron in every single game. Now the healthy thing does come into play. That's a big deal. But I I don't think that they want to be using Eric Ebron and them going and signing an actual hybrid tight end in Devin Funches that tells me that, that I'm, I might be onto something there. Um, I think Paris Campbell tells me I might be brilliant. Yeah, it might be really fucking smart. I think that Naheem Hines does get affected by Paris Campbell because they're going to be playing in the same area of the field. But I also think that T.Y. Hilton, he's a badass, but he's getting really banged up. And there have been rumors that they want to dial back his usage a little bit. But even a dial back T.Y. Hilton is still going to give you, I mean, what, he's going into the third round? He's Yeah, he's still going to give you, you know, top 15 wide receiver production in my book. Yeah, yeah. He so I, think, I think dialed back T.Y. Hilton's usage is just code for we need to have a more balanced offense. Right. <laughs> we, can't, we can't be throwing 150 targets at T.Y.'s, T.Y.'s no, direction. Their, their passing to rushing ratio is is hardcore following the game script like when they get up they run the ball at a league high rate it's bizarre they go from throwing i think more than anyone else like, that might be the the the, the people just gonna be like a- in neutral game scripts they throw the ball a lot moving on to the afc south uh the tennessee titans who i forgot about were even a team because i had the bucks in here in, in the still- afc south until jordan was like ah, oh, they're in the nfc uh Quick, I convinced myself that Derrick Henry is a buy. I know this is going to upset Clark mightily. <laughs> Let's fucking go, Clark. You want me to- <laughs> I just say these things to aggravate him. 
So if we drew weak numbers out of a hat, I would be right 14 times to your two times on Derrick Henry being good. Last year, last year. And Not every good. other year of his career. Now maybe right, okay. <laughs> no, you go ahead, Clark. It's fine. Sports yelling podcast. I'm down. I'm down, dude. But here's the thing. Derrick Henry, similar to Marcus Mariota, has faced a different offensive coordinator coordinator every year of his fucking career. And last year and they've got a new one, but last year what they finally what they finally saw was that if you give the guy the rock, he produces in an old school fashion. And it's not what I want to run an NFL team, but for fantasy purposes, if I'm gonna get a player who's getting over twenty carries a game and is a serious candidate to lead the NFL in carries this year. There's no Dion Dion Lewis is there, but they're like, No, we're not gonna fucking use this guy. Derrick Henry is gonna ball out and it might be at 4.3 yards to carry, but he's going to get the volume to go over 80 he's yards. Jarvis Landry at the backfield. I am so excited for Derrick Henry in the box score this year. And he's a gazelle. His combine numbers are the same as Adrian Peterson. And he weighs 250 pounds. D- don't. Good. If yeah. anyone wants to see who the rational person is in this conversation, Nick just compared Derrick Henry to Adrian Peterson. I feel like that makes my whole case. I didn't lie. Go look at the numbers. They're actually, it's, it's actually stunning. They had like the exact same workout at the combine. It is bizarre. <laughs> Neither uh, one can catch passes rests. either. There you go. Yeah. Uh, the similarities never stop there. I'm buying <laughs> really high on Taewon Taylor for the Titans. Really? Just kidding. No, remember that last year though. Was, yeah, I would love it. Let me give you, let me give you guys myself too. Oh, <laughs> my body just exploded into a beautiful gloriness. Uh, I feel like I'm being Gretchen Wieners here, trying to make Marcus Mariota happen, but real life Regina George is coming to kick the shit out of me. So don't don't think that Marcus Mariota is a waiver wire gem who's going to secretly somehow put it together and win your league. Just don't don't bother. Oh, I agree completely with the Titans. There's several people we've been trying to convince ourselves for years that they're all of a sudden going to get better when we know that they're not. Clark, who's, who are you for... Is there anyone in particular you're, you're talking about? Huh? Make the fart noise. Let's go past this. Yeah. <laughs> we need to also... dedicate an entire 40 minutes of sports yelling to this. <laughs> that being said, you do have a good point. The entire Tennessee Titans is that. We have been waiting for the Titans to have some sort of fantasy relevance, and they have not. So stop really? making fetch happen. Let's move on to the AFC East. We're going to talk about the Buffalo Bills and Josh Allen. Jordan, hit us off. Oh, man. Okay. Buffalo Bills. I am buying international rugby superstar Christian Wade. Uh, <laughs> no, not really. I'm actually, and you heard it here. Heard it here first, folks. I'm buying Ooh, Clark slogan. Some, some Josh Allen stock now. Whoa! I, yeah. I think Josh Allen is another potential guy who could take a little bit of a step this year, as long as you are totally okay with him just airmailing a pass to the defense every game. Like he's going to throw at least two to three interceptable balls a game. Um, The hope is though, that he can kind of make those negative points disappear by doing some crazy things, running the ball. Um, I think, like a really nice stat line for him could be four touchdowns, like 350 yards through the air, but also like two interceptions. That's, that's just going to be Josh Allen's life. I think his ceiling is Jay Cutler and his floor is like, like Bortles at least. All right. I'm going to, I'm going to yell real quick about Josh Allen. 
uh, from weeks 12 through 17, he was the quarterback one last year. You don't need to be able to throw a football to be an amazing fantasy quarterback. The dude just scrambled his way to victory. I think he's a candidate to hit like 60 yards rushing and a touchdown almost every week. I don't think he's going to hit that, but he has that in his, his normal range of outcomes. Um, draft him late. Don't worry about the picks when you're, when you're racking up rushing yards and scoring touchdowns on the ground, it, it throw the interceptions all, all you want. Go ahead, George. I was just going to add, plus that defense is good enough to get him more opportunities to get the ball back. Totally. So totally. that's something to keep into account. Don't, don't for the bills, don't sleep on, on Devin Singletary. He's probably not going to start the year as the, as their running back, but he's going to finish the season as, as their running back one. TJ Yeldon apparently is, is on the outs and the other two guys combined for like 94 years old. So go draft Devin Singletary real late. All right. I really like Josh Allen. I, I think that there's a suspect stat that is is true, but I think it's one of those things that when you break it down, you kind of realize why people are saying it. Like, why are people talking about Josh Allen through the 17th week when people don't play fantasy football? It's because he scored 44.7 points in no leagues for no one. Okay, having said that, He's fantastic. I think he's a lot like Lamar Jackson in that he doesn't need to really develop as a passer a ton to get really good. He runs like Cam Newton used to run. He is a huge dude. And they brought in John Brown, who I know is a podcast favorite for him this year. And what Josh Allen is good at is hitting dudes deep. Uh, I heard an interesting stat on the, the Bills broadcast. They said something like, oh, you know, the Bills offense had the most, you know, turnover on downs as as any other team and I was like well that makes sense and they're like yeah and their defense had the most too I was like oh shit right like their defense is totally legit they completely consumed the Colts in the first preseason game and I I think the Bills defense I don't care I think the Bills defense is a defense worth picking maybe a round or two higher than your other defenses whoa a little defensive chatter from Clark Barnes I like it D talk yeah I love the D uh all right, let's talk New England Patriots. I am going to talk about their backfield, give you some clarity on their backfield. I'm buying, I know we talked about him earlier, Clark shakes his head in, in annoyance. Uh, Damian Harris, I'm buying. You can get him off waivers. You don't even need to draft him. Only There's only been praise coming out of camp around this guy. Only good things have been said about him. The beat writers are talking, which to me means that, they're, that the team is really putting him out to for display that they are really using him in interesting ways or just using him in a role that is clear and defined if the beat writers are rumbling about it i just feel like that's going to transfer into the season if white or my or sony michelle miss time then he is the incumbent starter and in that offense is going to run with it i wrote about this um on fake teams during running back week uh when i was doing my running back sleepers i had him as a sleeper because if he gets that goal line role which is basically anytime the patriots get within five yards of the end zone they just give it to their running back until they eventually score he has more power and more bulk and size than sony michelle sony michelle struggled with that part of the game he couldn't get one or two yards um when he needed to and so that is something that the patriots clearly brought harris in for they they drafted him for that role so if he gets that, that's touchdowns galore. And on the flip side, it kills me to say it, but middle of the fourth round is a little rich for Sony Michelle uh, in my in my book. He has nothing really to offer in the past game. He hasn't shown that yet. I know they're trying to develop that with him, but there's a lot of other mouths to feed. I, I like the guys better around him. And I again, just how much do you trust his knees? If he goes down with an injury, you kind of toasted um, honestly. 
honestly, I think I would not be surprised if James White has a better fantasy season than Sony Michelle. Um, so that's that's my feelings on the Patriots backfield. Yeah, I'm nervous about the Patriots backfield, so I'm not going to use a lot of high draft capital. I wouldn't mind picking up Damian Harris off waivers, though. Right, and that's the beauty of him. He's he's free. So yeah, um, go go invest in James White. He's going to be super steady. Um, Damian Harris is an awesome flyer. Uh, if we had recorded this podcast yesterday, we'd be saying something else. But the practice reports today, there's some reports that basically been saying we actually haven't seen Harris getting first team reps or very many reps generally uh, all summer. If this is the case and this holds true for the rest of the the off season, Sony Michelle is, is going to retain his role. And yeah, that knee might be bad, but if you look, football's a week to week game. If you can get four or five weeks out of vintage vintage Sony Michelle. That's going to put up that, – that's going to be points. That's going to be big numbers in the box score. Uh, I'm uh, – Clark, to join your side, zag while those are zigging. Go go, go get yourself to Tony Michelle. Um, I'm not, I'm, I'm not I'm, spending a fourth-round pick on a guy who has four games in him. I think it's a very salient point of with the Patriots running backs, like when are you going to start James White? You're going to be really disappointed several games, even if you think that they're going to be in a, a bad game script where they have to use James White. Yeah, We know from experience that that's just not going to turn out. I think any week that we know Sony Michelle is a full go, you're getting someone that's going to be in the weekly ranks as like a top 12 running back, which would be an RB1. Now, again, Nick, you, you nailed it. It comes down to his knee and how healthy he's going to be. It could be three games or it could be 16. Yeah. We don't know. But yeah. if he's starting, he's, he's an RB1. So that, that number three is interesting you mentioned that because he uh, get, getting this from Josh Norris from Roto World in three playoff games last year, he totaled 71 carries. That just touches carries. Yeah. No. They want to use him. I'm not saying that. I'm signing him again. They want to yeah. use him. Yeah. I just, I think that backfield is in flux. But I love the buy also because yeah. he's free, right? Like he's you, free. The other guy's free. Right. And he's free. And if he gets that touchdown roll, I mean, LeGarrette Blunt scored 18 touchdowns. Because they that's just right. kept kept giving him the football at five yards out. And so if you can fall into the end zone, that's that's fantasy value right there. All right, we got two teams left to get through. Woo! We're almost there. The end is in sight. Uh Nick, New Jersey Jets, talk to us. New Jersey. Um, all right. So my buy is Robbie Anderson. Uh all all reports this summer have indicated that he is no longer going to be their deep threat. There you go, Jordan. The whole team, the whole podcast. <laughs> We're all just like fist bumping. Yeah. Everyone's fist so, bumping and like, yeah, Robbie Anderson. All reports right now indicate that, that he has been working on expanding his route tree to not just being the one trick pony deep threat that, that we all love John Brown for. Um, but that this guy is, is, is trending towards developing a, a full NFL receiver skill set uh the the number one receiver in any offense is is valuable to some degree and sam darnold being a good quarterback as the youngest person to ever start an nfl game at quarterback that's that's amazing the fact that they are paired together this is definitely a guy that you want to invest in myself is levy on bell um adam gates leaked the fact that he didn't want them to sign this guy like that that's huge this is supposed to be the focal point of the offense effectively while you got the rookie quarterback he leaked that he didn't that they did not that he did not want them to invest in this also reports came out this well i'm blanking on the guy's name i couldn't find his report before the show started but there's a a a jets beat reporter who has been saying all offseason long believe it or not 
Ty Montgomery is going to be playing a significant role in this backfield. It's going to be a platoon. And I think Bell will be the head of it, but I am not investing anywhere near a first round in this guy. I'm very high on Robbie Anderson. He holds a soft spot in my heart because I picked him up like off waivers two years ago and uh, won a league by just putting him in the flex. And he was just dropping buckets on everybody for the rest of the season. So soft spot in my heart for Robbie Anderson. I think we have a new player of the podcast. I think everybody loves Robbie Anderson. He's going at the end of the sixth round and really has that chance to take a step as, uh, you know, the next big wide receiver that we're going to start drafting in maybe the second or third round. I think he was an undrafted free agent because of some knucklehead issues and that has continued a little bit, but he is just amazingly talented and he's been in the league for a few years and hasn't managed to get himself, you know, run out of the league. I understand the Le'Veon Bell sell as well. I think where he's going, it's relatively safe, but uh, you would absolutely not be wrong just letting somebody else deal with that bag of cats. Yeah. Yeah. All right, guys, we made it before the fart. Let's get to the last team, Miami Dolphins. Jordan, is there anyone <laughs> on this team worth drafting? Is there any? Uh, end the podcast now. I'm buying almost no one. Um, <laughs> I, I think the the person you have to buy or you have to sell, I should say, should be anybody who ends up lining up in the backfield next to the quarterback, um, whether that's Kalen Balage or Kenyon Drake. Um, if there's a worse offensive line than the Miami Dolphins, please let me know. But they uh, they're trying new combinations, seeing what sticks but i think when you're at that point where you're trying new combinations you know you're you're pretty bad um kenyan drake it's, it's kind of been floated around that he was more studying and kind of modeling his game after james white um so he could be more of a cast fetching pass catching back coming out of the backfield uh, we all know he has like big playability i just i don't know if there's going to be a whole lot of uh action just generally going on with the Dolphins offense. So tough look for Miami. Yeah, I feel like Kenyon Drake is going to be one of those people that continues to fall and fall and the temptation is going to be, well, he's he's probably going to be the starter and don't do that. Don't. Don't draft Kenyon Drake. Don't draft anyone on the Dolphins. Feel free so, to pick them up off the waiver wire, but don't draft them. Um, I, I am... I am interested in in two names um albert wilson as a uh sort of a boom bust flex boom bust flex play who you, you study matchups with yeah. um but if you guys watched the, the first the the preseason game josh rosen was he he and preston williams had a mind meld and it was beautiful he managed preston williams looked awesome and he also managed to draw two pi calls that's big. Coaches notice that kind of stuff. So um, I'm not saying that they are going to be phenomenal fantasy players, but we all have to, uh, we all get to a point in the draft or we, we're not a hundred percent prepared. We've gotten to points where we're like, Oh God, Oh God, who am I going to draft? Um, keep, keep Albert Wilson and uh, Preston Williams in mind. Yeah. I, I do want to throw Josh Rosen into that conversation of the second year quarterbacks making a potential jump, but uh he really did look like he was under duress even still because of that line and that interception where he just kind of telegraphed it to the middle linebacker. I think that's just a result of like 
he felt like he just had to get that ball out. Even there wasn't any pressure, but you know, when you're starting to feel pressure all game long, you start feeling, you know, defensive line ghosts all around you. Yeah. That clock, that clock speeds up in your head, but yeah. Yeah. Nick, do you have any thoughts? I know you were talking about uh, Preston Williams. Like, is that a late round guy or is that a guy you keep eyes on in the waiver wire? Um, yeah, he's probably like a, like a sorry, Nick, we're out of time. Uh, oh, I'm sure that. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm just here to push buttons. That's what a host does. You look yeah, good on that couch though. Thank you. You're looking very casual. Um, what kind of actually honest question, what kind of plants are those? Because we've been trying to think of plants to get for our apartment. And I feel like it's hard to get that in between of like a tiny little plant that sits at the corner of a desk. And then like a plant that is like a fucking tree. Like we want that like kind of nicely in between size plant. And those seem so, like those fit the bill. This thing. So this is my girlfriend's apartment. This thing is a corn plant. And if you don't water it with room temperature water that has been sitting on the counter for 24 hours, it, it throws a fit. So, so I think maybe it's not that plant. Yeah, I wouldn't go that plant. Um, I, they have, dude, they have so many plants. Oh I, my god, are we trying to? The windowsill is covered in plants. There's, there's, I forty or fifty plants in this apartment. Um, I like succulents. Yeah. They're tough to kill. They're also, they're also small though. They tend to be really small. Anyway, well, okay, uh, spider plants. Okay, okay. Go look up spider plants. They're really cool. They're actually trying to die. Oh, they're trying to kill themselves. It's there. You can look Google uh, spider plants trying to kill themselves. It's the whole thing. So your um, your qualm mainly with plants is that you don't like caring for live things. Yeah, but <laughs> yeah. Uh, again, I like the ear scene. Um, what's cool about uh, spider plants though is that they they grow these long viney sprouts, and then another one grows, and you can cut it off and give it to a friend, and that will grow into a full plant. And at, at one point, a long, long, long time ago, they actually all came from the same one plant. So if you buy a spider plant. You and I will have, have the same, plant. same spider plant. Yeah. That's adorable. All right, I'm in. Uh, it is 9.30. We've been on this podcast for an hour and a half. So let us do say goodbye and sign off. Uh, make sure to subscribe uh, on Apple Podcasts and everywhere you get your podcasts. Uh, follow us on Twitter at RB1 Podcast. Follow myself at PM Rogers. Follow Clark at NFL Clark. Jordan at Jordan underscore Smith 27. Nick at Ginger underscore underscore Nick without a K. We will be back at you guys on Thursday because we're back to two weeks. We're going to talk about the NFC Fantasy Preview where we'll finally talk about the Tennessee Titans uh, since they are an NFC South team. And then uh, jokes. It was We'll be back at you guys next week. Until then, peace.